You know something? If I had kept up with my guitar lessons, here is where a nice guitar intro interlude would be. I'd play a few chords, a little melody, nice little riff maybe, just here and there, something simple, something that's just kind of probably haunting, melodic, make you think about things, make you really reminisce, make you really draw into the bag. Yep, if I had just kept up my guitar lessons. Well, you're luck because I did. Well, actually, no, I didn't. That's a lie. That is an absolute lie. I became very sporadic with them. After declaring so confidently that I would never stop playing the guitar, I stopped, sort of. Like, I would, I would make sure to do a few exercises here and there and try to learn a piece or two that I really liked, but I've regressed so much from when I was really, really getting somewhere. And slowly but surely, I'm trying to get back into that space. But for right now, I'm not in that space. And that, to me, is a disappointment. It is a disappointment. It's disappointing, but I can manage my disappointment. And I will manage my disappointment. But more importantly... At some point, I am going to be able to play something at the beginning of it and be like, this is mine. This is me. I don't have to credit anyone because the credit belongs to me and me alone. Really not me alone, because at that point, it would the credit would go to my instructor and the instructors that poured into him so that he could pour into me the ability to do these things and... It would go to the countless hours that I put in the playing and practicing, learning. It would go to the countless tutorials that I looked at, the books, everything. So all those things would conspire to make me what I feel is a passable guitar player. I used to have loftier expectations for that. At some point I thought, hey, I'm going to be a great guitar player. And then I thought, hey... I'm going to be a good guitar player. And I'm just like, hey, I just want to be able to strum along with things. <laughs> I might set my sights higher sometime in the future. But for right now, I'm very much looking forward to being adequate. Because sometimes adequate is good enough. And sometimes adequate is very hard to get to. It's very difficult to get to. But you know what isn't adequate? Not starting this podcast episode. That's right. All this was just an intro, and now, in a little bit, we're going to get to the actual meat of the show. What, what show is that, you ask? Well, the As Told by Reese podcast. Who am I? Well, you should know that by now. I'm your host, Reese. Just kidding, because for some of you, this, for some of you out there someday, this will be the very first episode you'll ever hear of this podcast. This right here, this will be the introduction. <laughs> this is this will be where you started your journey with me, which is kind of exciting. For some people, this will be ah uh, just another journey. Some people, this will be an episode you come back to because the title looked interesting. If I make the title interestingly enough, if I make the title interesting enough, I have not been drinking, but I don't promise. But if I make the title interesting enough, maybe you'll come back. Maybe you'll watch it. It would be like that one episode that had so many views because of the title. And then 
never again. It had a lot of views. <laughs> but we've got a few different interesting things to talk about today. So let's get into the show, shall we? Here, my, my chair is squeaking too much. Let me get in the position where it won't squeak anymore. All right, here we go. So today, I met a friend of mine, a friend who I have not seen or been in the presence of in well over a year. Well over a year since before this stuff happened. And we would hang out occasionally before this stuff happened. We actually had a really good last hangout before this stuff happened. And we were going to hang out again. But then the stuff happened. And all of that froze. And since then, life changes. Life moves on, etc. But he wanted to hang out. Now, last month, I really wasn't in the hangout mood with society as a whole, with civilization. I was like, ah, one more month. And then I'm ready to go slowly but surely get back out there. But this month, being a friend and being more available to people, I said, you know what? We're going to do it. And... We met up and we had a good time. It's, you know, when you're with your friends, you don't have to see them every day or talk to them all the time to kind of pick up where you left off. And I find a significant number of my friendships to be exactly like that. And I feel like the older you get, the more that um, actually pertains to you. I feel the older you get, the more likely you'll have friendships like that than less likely. Why? Because life happens. (laughs) You move away. You have kids, you have demanding jobs, or not so demanding jobs, but you have those things in time. And so you can't talk all the time like you did when you were younger, or any of that stuff. But that's neither here nor there. As we're hanging out, um, we're going to walk, and there's a nice little walking path where you go. You can walk for like over a mile. It's pretty cool, pretty nice. People bike, jog, walk there, all, all sorts of stuff. So as we're going there, we uh, there's a train. <laughs> we're walking by a train, and the train was stopped. And we saw the beginning of the train, and we kept walking. We walked almost to the end of the trail, and yet the train was still there, and it was stopped. So I said that already. I was like, "Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's a pretty long train," and. We were talking about something, and what we were talking about, the subject got really interesting, we were talking about. And as we got to the most interesting part of what we were talking about, the train started up. And we were about mm, 30 feet away from the train. So it was one of those big, heavy-duty cargo ship, cargo trains. So it just made all the clangs and the sounds and the beeps and the bops and the screeches and the doom. So... It's like, we were like, okay, let's wait till the train passes to continue having a, our conversation. And so we waited, and we waited, and we waited. This was perhaps the long, one of the longest trains I've ever encountered. One of the longest trains I've ever encountered. Wow, that sounds funny. But yeah, no, the train took so long it took so long to pass the train itself must have been over a mile long now the longest train is as we looked it up he looked it up specifically was about 4.67 miles long 
I would love to say, and this train was longer. Nope, no, it wasn't. It was over. It was a mile though. It was a solid mile long. I could say for this train because it just kept going and going. But then the 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 components of the train, the um. So I noticed something very interesting about each and every freight car as they went past. Each and every freight car had graffiti on it. Had a graffiti, and it wasn't rudimentary graffiti. It was like really artistic graffiti, like whoever graffitied these things. And it was plenty of people, but they were very, very talented. And the train kind of told stories of there would be places where they've been. So I saw one that was, you know, from different boroughs of New York and then from whole scenes and then characters, cartoon characters. This is one character on the train that kept showing up every few cars. Every few cars, it would be that same character spray painted, painted on the side of the cargo, but in different positions. Nothing obscene, funny enough. Nothing obscene, but just, hey, we're here. And it got me thinking of like all the great graffiti art that I would see walking through places, walking past places, just encountering it. Just, you know, the here in the shake and the spray and. Just watching that flooded all had all those memories flooding back. Not 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 saying I ever did graffiti because I'm, namely I'm not artistic enough. I'm not good enough with painting or drawing or shapes or any of that to ever have been an artist of any repute in that way. But it was just so mesmerizing to see. It was kind of hypnotizing, just as it kept going on and watching the stories of the graffiti unfold. And it's like. Wow, Train, you've been a lot of places. Because, again, this freight train was over a mile long. And every car, every single car, had graffiti on it. Every single car. That tells me, and some of it looked really old, and some of it looked not as old. So that means this thing has been spray-painted, graffitied, been... An artistic canvas for generations and generations. It's like a story passed down from one ear to another, one mouth to another ear, and from that ear's mouth to another ear's mouth, mouth ears, ear's mouth. You know what I mean. But uh, it got me nostalgic for a time I I I didn't necessarily live in because I you know again I didn't graffiti nothing, <laughs> I didn't graffiti anything, but that. That sense of adventure, it's like, where have you gone? It's like when you see a person with a lot of tattoos on their body, right? Now, they could just have just gotten them because they like them, but generally the people that I've run into with a lot of tattoos on their body, they each tell a story. And more often than not, they're very willing to share a significant amount of their stories. Why? Because those things have significance to them. And looking at the graffiti, I could tell there was significance in a lot of what was on there. Because it, it was done with a lot of care. It wasn't just random tagging. It wasn't haphazard. There was structure. There was geometry there. There was, like, even wor like words, but not, like, tagged on words. But actual, hey, these are sentences. That's weird that someone would care to do that. It was... <sighs> a thing is a thing that probably has outlived some people who many of the people who have tagged those things just because 
with time passes, so do we. But it's a monument, a testament to them. It's a statement saying, I was here, and I did this thing, and this thing was good, at least to me. And I think that's pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. And as the train finally rolled on and moved on to who knows where, who knows where that train's going, all I can think to myself is, I forgot what we were talking about. Because after that train passed, it was like, hmm, what were we talking about? I don't know, but you know what? It's good to see you. Let's keep hanging out for a little bit longer. And that's how that went. Speaking of how things went, I have a confession to make to you, dear listeners. My dear, dear listeners. Although I'm an adult and a very old one at that, well, relatively, eh, it's all in the, it's all in the whatever. I have a confession to make. I don't like most of the adult beverages. I don't. I do not. I think beer is disgusting for the most part, unless it's ice cold. And I'm talking about cool than being cool. Ice cold, under 3,000, hey, ya. Um, most spirits are nasty. They're gross. They're gag-inducing. They're, like, even the best-tasting ones are like, hey, this one doesn't make you make a face when you drink it. But none of it's delicious, relatively speaking. Not to me. And if it's to you, I'm hey, I'm happy for you. I think you have a problem, though. I think you got a problem, man. <sighs> the most disgusting of all the wine and spirits to me is the first part of that. It's the wine. It always has been. Wine has been gross ever since I took communion as a young man. And that was my first taste of wine. As a young man in Catholic church, you eat this bread, <laughs> this unleavened bread, and you drink this wine from a chalice that everyone else seems to drink from. Which, hey, thinking about that now, mm, no wonder you get sick. But I always thought wine, when I was younger, was just a better tasting grape juice. Like, oh, it's going to taste like grape juice, but better. And then I had my first sip of wine. And I'm like, oh, this is grape juice, but terrible. But horrible. It's like if grape someone pooped grape juice out their butt. It's that nasty to me. Never liked wine. Here's the thing. Sake. Um, Korean wines. Some Korean wines. And sangria. Not wine. That's not wine. Let's just throw these out right now. Those are fruit juices that happen to be a little alcoholic. I'm talking about the red wines and the white wines and the dries and all that stuff. Even champagne doesn't taste that good. It just tastes bubbly. But I've always hated wine. Hated wine. Never got the insistence on why why wine is so good and why so many people, especially adult ladies that I favor, drink wine like it's a thing. Like, oh, this is so gross. So gross. And I always felt that my adultness was lacking a little bit because... I would never drink wine. So if I'm going to a nice five-star restaurant, or more like four-and-a-half-star, three-star, well, whatever star, a restaurant where they serve wine, I would always opt out. Just say, hey, give me the water or the sparkling water. When in reality, I'm like, hey, do you have some juice? Do you have some juice? I would love juice. 
but knowing that as an adult, I can't be like, pass me a little juice. Apple juice, if you please, or orange juice, or the various juices. Do you have some fruit punch? Can't do that. So, I just would suffer, drink water, because wine, again, is nasty. Now, if I had a date, she wanted wine, sure, you go right ahead. But I don't like wine enough to get a bottle of it for the table or anything like that. And I never liked wine enough to get anybody a bottle of it. Like, ugh, come on. <laughs> I just find there's more efficient ways to get drunk than wine. And you're drinking alcohol. Eh. But then, recently, I've been really big on heart health and things that can make the heart healthy and what's healthy for you. So, funny enough, red wine, as I researched is really good for you, according to, to, to websites and magazines. It could be bullcrap and could not be. But I read a few different articles where it's like, okay, yeah, red wine's a good thing for you. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think that's just red wine propaganda. But you know what? Whatever. Let me give it a shot. Let me give it a shot. I hate it. So I got a couple red wines. I got, I got a Pinot Noir and a Merlot. And I'm like, well... I hate both of these. I remember that movie. This guy, the guy was like, I'm not drinking any freaking Merlot. And that's how I feel. Except I feel that way about all wine. Because all wine sucks red and white. To me. <sighs> so, I said, you know what? Let me commit to drinking a glass of wine per day. And, yeah, I know I'm not going to like it. But it's healthy for you. So, if I find some benefits from you. From it, then maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll experiment with it. Uh, so day one, it took me, right, I did this after work, but it took me hours to finish one glass of wine. Because I was like, okay, let me sip it slow and savor it. But I couldn't savor it because it was gross and disgusting. I hated every sip of it. And I'm like, this is not for me. And I think that's when I tried the Pinot Noir. The next day, I tried the Merlot, and I was like, uh, this is also gross, and I'm never going to be, a, I'm never going to be a proper adult. <laughs> I'm never going to be a proper adult who drinks wine. It's just not going to happen for me. But, okay, I guess something is, is something, something is something from something. But something weird happened the next day. The next day... When I had that same glass, uh, and I think I stuck to the Merlot. When I had that same glass again, the taste was just a little more bearable. I could bear it a little more. It's like, well, it's still not great or good or at all delicious, but I can bear it. Huh, fascinating. And then the next day came and I said, Oh, this is a lot easier to drink than it was when I first started it. And the very next day, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can drink this. <sighs> it's been a week now. It's been a week. And I can honestly say it's it's been a week to the day. It's It's now easy to drink those particular red wines. And I suspect it'll be easier for me to drink red wine moving forward as long as I drink it. And why? Not because it's become more delicious to me, because it hasn't, but it's definitely become a lot more tolerable. 
it's become a lot more tolerable taste-wise. And I think that's what happens with us in beer, or certainly with me in beer. My first sip of beer, I was like, oh, this is piss water. This is this is what I imagine piss water to taste like. It's got almost the same color if you have bad kidneys. Oh, this is gross. I don't like it. But then as I adulted and over time, well, way over time, way over time, I was like, oh, okay. A cold beer to me is refreshing. It's super refreshing and I get it. So now I'm getting wine a little bit. I can say a couple times this week, had a bit of a wine buzz. And honestly, wasn't so bad. <laughs> a wine buzz isn't that bad. It's actually pretty good. It's like, it's a chill buzz. And unlike that alcohol buzz, unlike that brown liquor buzz, unlike that clear liquor buzz for me, the wine buzz is different. So now I feel like I can go to a nice steakhouse or whatever and order a red and then drink it. And I know whites are a completely different ball game than reds. But I feel like I am more able to tackle the situation. And why? Because over time, I kept committing to it. <laughs> I kept committing. I had a goal. I had a goal. And I had a plan of action. And I kept enacting the plan of action. It was terrible. It sucked at first. And it was no good at all. But I kept at it, and eventually, now I'm able to kind of move with things. But hey, guess what? Drinking wine is not a big accomplishment or anything. It's like, oh wow, you changed the world, but I still think there's things to be taken from that. Like, you can try something, and even if you're not great at it at first, or you don't like it at first, or it sucks at first, if you eventually keep trying, you can fool yourself into thinking it's a good thing for you. The end. The end. Speaking of the end, this is actually not the end of the podcast episode. I want to tell you about my job, right? When I say, as an adult, I've had many jobs. I've had many, many jobs. At this stage. And I've worked for myself. I've had many, I've had careers at this point. And when I tell you this job is the easiest job I've ever had. It's the easiest job I've ever had. I can't underscore that enough. I can't tell you how easy this job is. I'm so, like, I don't want to say the H word, but I'm so okay with this job for right now that... I can't even put it in words. So far, I've always been focused on my career with achieving this or being this level or having this title or having this amount of money as a way of marking off, hey, you're doing something. But the fact that I do not have to take this job with me, I don't have to take this job with me, home with me, even though I work from home. The fact that the moment I can clock out, I can forget about this job completely. It's such a burden off of my shoulders. You don't understand. Or you do understand. My jobs have always been, I'm responsible for somebody, I'm in charge of somebody, or some combination of both. And it's always been, I'm dealing with the public 
at large. This job is neither. This job is neither. This job is boring, so to speak, but I like boring for now. It's widgets. It's widgets. It's you put this thing in, you get this thing out. But guess what? It's such an easy job that I could easily screw it up. Yeah, I feel like I can screw it up. Why? Because I have so much unresolved trauma from all of my last stops. All of my last stops from the time when I worked for myself to the time that I worked for others. That it's just been so much anxiety building up ever since I was in college and working a full-time job. I just had so much anxiety building up that I feel like even at this job, which is low, low, low bar. I feel like I have to be perfect or I'm going to lose the golden ticket. Why? Because some people who worked with me lost their golden ticket. Now, to be fair, they were very bad at the job. And I'm only somewhat bad at the job. Actually, I'm pretty okay at the job. I won't say I'm good at the job or anything like that. But the anxiety that I faced from, hey, being laid off once, hey, having to quit this job because of this reason or that reason, dissatisfaction, and hey, having my own company fold in on itself, having so many failed ventures, is that I finally found something good and always kind of what I would want it, would have wanted in a job if I'm pursuing other things and I don't want to lose it. So I don't operate it. I don't operate like I'm going to lose the job, but also I'm like, I could lose this job any moment because guess what? I'm a temp. I'm a temp at this job and they might keep us on long term. Or they might keep us on for a season and then decide, hey, it's time to get rid of you guys. And I would want another job like this if I'm not working to build something up for myself. Because this is a temporary job anyway, though. I'm not going to be at this job forever because there's other things I want to do. But I do like this job for now. And that's why I'm mad at myself for going after that other job. But I couldn't not go after that other job. And I know I used a double negative there. But I had to go after that other job just because of the bang. It would have been a disservice to everyone I know and love if I would have just been like, I don't want this really good paying job. But can I say I'm mad it didn't work out? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And for me, I think that tells me all I need to know about that other job. Is that I didn't get that well, that great paying job, and I'm fine. And I'm someone who has always tried to be a high achiever. But trying to be a high achiever has led me to a life of stress and a lot of weight gain. And I can't say I've lost all the weight now, but I could say I'm definitely in a healthier spot mentally than I was with those jobs where I'd be like, I would take the stress of that job home with me or I'd work. I lived at the job. A lot of my jobs, I'd live at the job. And even when I worked for myself, it was like, how do I bring this to the next level or make this a consistent thing? And when it was failing because of, you know what? It's like, how how can I just watch this thing that I worked hard on and finally thought we were turning a corner die? 
And what do I do now? So right now I'm in a good spot. I would say great spot, but it's temp. The only thing that makes it not a great spot is temporary and I could be let go at any time. If the work slows down, then we can go down. But until it does, I'm going to give it my most average shot. Speaking of most average, I had to pause because there was somebody that came up to the building and started just playing loud and really corny music that just didn't go with the podcast because it was good music but like yeah let it stay in the background we can do it but eh, it just didn't mash so brings me to another topic i am thinking about moving this podcast to i do it obviously out of my house etc but i record other things so i was thinking about moving it somewhere else like having a space where i can shoot videos and shoot podcasts without the threat or the concern of outside noise that could get picked up by the microphone or just would stop me from concentrating on talking to you. Thinking about it, I had to have to make sense. It would have to be in the budget because even though I make some money, I don't make a lot of money. And I don't have any sponsors yet, but if you ever wanted to sponsor me, you, your product and slash or service better be good because I'm not going to sponsor you for nothing. Funny enough, I tried to look at all the numbers from the different podcast places. Like, see see how many people actually do listen to me or anything. But uh, apparently I did it too soon. I have to wait a little longer to actually see the numbers. So hopefully maybe next podcast episode we can get into the numbers of how many of you there are out there really right now at this point in time. Because I'm not going to stop doing this. So eventually there will be more of you. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll just be more podcasts because there's so many. There's so many. So I've ever made it to like the top hundred of something. I think that would be an accomplishment in and of itself, really. Make it to the top hundred of something. I'd be like, yo, this is crazy. I never expected to be the top hundred of anything. Because I looked at one and it said I was a society and culture podcast. And I was like, I definitely didn't put that down at all like i didn't categorize myself as society and culture podcast did, did someone listen to an episode of mine and at the headquarters and decide hey this is a society and culture podcast because that is very interesting i never even thought to call myself society and pod, culture society and culture podcast but i think that actually fits so if someone asks me what I am, I could be like, well, guess what? Guess what? I'm a society and culture podcast. <laughs> Very fancy. <sighs> but you know what is simultaneously fancy and not pretentious? You all. You all are the best, whoever you are. Because you've come to the end of another episode of the Is Told by Reese podcast. Thank you so much for listening to me this episode and every episode. If you ever wanted to email me, remember it's name of this podcast at gmail.com. If you ever want to leave a review, please leave a review. Please leave a review. Or an email. Just criticism or not. I'm sure I could use some of it. Whatever you say, I'm sure I could use it. 
I can use to become better because I want this to be better. So I want this to continue forever. Well, you know, relatively forever. I want this to continue for a long time. I want to continue making episodes and getting more people to listen and increasing this uh, insert military term here. You just say army, navy, platoon, squadron. It's all, it's all military terms. Yeah. I want to increase the listenership because something rather because it'll give me more things to talk about as more, more of you interact with me because there's certain things I'm holding on to because I'm just like eh. it's not that I'm like oh I don't think anyone's going to listen it's I want people to listen to it so and I just don't want to keep I don't want to throw people off and have them not understand at all what I am so I, that's why I'm like, let me not go out of out in left field and talk about why this anime is like that and why this is the best cartoon. Uh, someday, someday we'll have that conversation. But for now, I'm gonna go. Thank you for visiting my slice, my corner of the galaxy, my corner of the universe. But I think it's about time to go. So um, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye now.